All right, Psalms chapter number one, Psalms chapter number one, and we will get through uh, the end of uh, this chapter tonight, and Psalms chapter number one, and we're going to, I'll read the entire chapter in just a moment, and then we're going to look at verses four, five, and six. Before I read, I decided this afternoon I wanted to mention uh, this, and I mentioned earlier uh, to keep praying for these things. And uh, I just want to remind you the importance of uh, prayer, prayer for, as, as a church, for things in the church. But personally, uh, this, that today, God gave, answered two specific prayers of mine, and I always get excited about that. Um, and uh, I, this is the point I want to make. Uh, sometimes we pray for things, and we want God to give us the entire answer right there in front of us. Uh, but sometimes He just gives us the next step. Those are the two answers I got today. One was specific about something in my situation, and one was about something about somebody else that I've been praying about. And uh, God did not unfold everything, uh, but He gave me an answer for the next step uh, because faith and prayer are tied together. And God wants us to depend on Him. And so uh, keep praying uh, for the things uh, that we have going on as a church and, and, and in, as an individual, uh, keep praying, keep asking the Lord. And I know many of you have been talking to me, counseling me about several things. So I just felt like uh, before I got into the Bible study, uh, since I'm going to go through so much tonight, I just thought I'd just add something else on top of it. Uh, but just uh, uh, be reminded that God isn't going to unveil everything, but sometimes He just gives that next little step, and you know that that's an answer. And so you act on that answer while you continue to pray. And God keeps us dependent on Him, keeps us still moving forward by faith, and that pleases Him. And so, uh, see, at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you not only get the Bible study, but you get extra Bible studies on top of the Bible study. But uh, keep praying. Psalms 1, and uh, some of you are saying, can you just pray and let us go home now? You know, we sense... That's, uh, in, but no. Uh, Psalms 1, uh, beginning verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not... In the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous." Uh, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, tonight we are going to talk about the ungodly. And I'll take, after I pray, I'll uh, review just for a few moments, because it's been a couple of weeks since we've been in this study, and we'll review talking about the blessed man. And that's our goal. That's what we want to be is the blessed man, uh, the man who has the favor of God. Uh, you cannot, you cannot buy the favor of God. It's irreplaceable. Uh, it's immeasurable, um, it, the, the favor of God. That's the goal. That's the standard. But there is the other side of that, uh, and that's to go the way of the ungodly. And uh, we're going to look at that this evening, and so I trust it will be a help to us. Father, help us tonight as we open your word. Uh, you knew what we would talk about this evening uh, long before you even fashioned this earth. 
Uh, Father, I pray that we'll be attentive to your word. You'll be attentive. Uh, we'll be attentive to what you have for us this evening. Uh, may the uh, warnings that you put in the scripture, the reality uh, that we see tonight, uh, be one that we uh, pay close attention to. Pray that you'll bless our time together, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number one reminds us, I've already mentioned, the blessed man. That's the goal. Uh, it's attainable by all. Anybody can be blessed by God. Uh, we all don't have the same talents. We all don't have the same abilities. We don't even all have the same opportunities. But all of us have the same God. And uh, that is the goal, is to have the favor of God. <clears throat> I want our young people to be taught that that's the goal. That's the standard. Above everything else is to have the favor of God. Uh, parents, as you rear your children, uh, the goal is not for you to be a popular parent. The goal is not for you to even pop be popular with your extended relatives. The goal is to have the favor of God. Uh, the goal is to have the favor of God on your home, on your marriage. <clears throat> Every Christian, uh, single adults, as you make decisions and uh, direction and things that God has for your life, that you always need to keep in mind that I can have the favor of God. And the favor of God is all that I need. So blessed is the man. And we're given some instruction there right away of things of a direction not to take. Uh, and God says, first of all, don't take this direction. I'll, and we don't have time to go through uh, all of those things. But we are told that there's some benefits. Uh, a, a blessed man, a man that stays away from the wrong ways, the wrong people, the wrong thought process, uh, he's going to take delight in the law of the Lord. It's a great day in your life. And it's a great day in my life when we just get happy in following the word of God. Uh, I, and I mentioned this, and, I, and I've been saying a lot, and I'm just going to say it a whole lot more. I, I like the way we are. Uh, oh, you're an independent Baptist? Yeah, and I like it. I, I'm, oh, you're one of, you, you're, 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 you, you believe this certain kind of Bible and you believe in this? Oh, yeah, and I like it. Uh, we get to a way where, uh, just Christians, just get to a point in your life, a favor of God, stay away from the wrong influences, and that's when we just they'll take delight in the law of the Lord. Why? Because that's how we know we please Him. By obeying the law of the Lord, I please Him, and then that's when the favor comes. And if you have the favor of God, there's nothing like the favor of God. We see some other benefits in verse number 3. But then we get to verses 4 through 6. And the theme, the, the, the central character goes from, instead of the blessed man, it goes to now the ungodly. Because if, don't miss this, if you choose to not live as a blessed man, it's because you choose to live as an ungodly one. It's either or. It's not middle ground. It's not both. If I, God, in His love, in, in, in the greatness of God, He gives us life. He's the Creator. Then when man fell, God in His love, that you and I can only try and understand, but we cannot comprehend, He sent His Son to pay our sin debt so that we wouldn't have to pay for our sins. And it's faith in Christ and what He did on Calvary. Uh, that gives us salvation. That gives us eternal life. That makes us a child of His. That's wonderful. But then God is so gracious and God is so wonderful that He not only gives us life, He not only when man falls, He gives him the Lord, gave him the Lord Jesus Christ so that he might have salvation. Beyond that... He tells us how we can be blessed by Him. If all God ever did for you and I was send His Son 
we could spend the rest and we would spend the rest of eternity just praising him for that. But while we have days on this earth, God says, you can have my favor. You can be blessed. You can be a blessed man. There goes a blessed man. There goes a blessed woman. There goes a blessed couple. There goes a blessed family. What does that mean? It means they have the favor of God. Christians aren't lucky. They're, they're blessed. We can live a blessed... You ever see this Christian? Well, it just seems like everything looks out for them. It may, it's not luck. There may be a reason that things just always work the way they work. Blessed Man, we can be blessed. That's what God has done for us. He says, now this is how you be blessed. First of all, he says, stay away from. Just stay away from. And when you stay away from, you're not, you're not, you're brought, you're not brought away from the word of God. Uh, people and things keep us away from our fellowship with God. That's what keeps us away. Uh, there's, there's a natural thing in man to know there's a God. And as a child of God, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We have to be around the, the wrong influences to take us further away from God. So we start to delight in, in the Lord, then there's benefits of that. Then it switches to the ungodly. He says, I'll bless you. You could be a blessed man. But if you're not going to avoid some things, now I'm going to address you as the ungodly. So now we're going to see a contrast between the blessed man and the ungodly man. And I want, and I've been given this as one, two, and three instead of each verse being a different outline. And so this would this would be according to my outline number four. And that's facts concerning the ungodly. We're going to look in verses four and five. It's just some facts about the ungodly. Now we think of the ungodly. We say, Pastor, you're talking about the atheist. Well, certainly that would be the atheist, the God denier, the one who curses God. Uh, the one who works against the things of God, that is certainly the ungodly. But it's also the moral man whose heart is in complete defiance against God, whose heart is unsurrendered to God. Because I remind you, God doesn't care as far as your righteousness goes, what you're doing and what you're not doing, because your righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. The best man isn't worthy to stand even in the presence of God. And so we put so much emphasis, in, in, and that's a whole, a whole other study, uh, but it's the heart. It's the heart. So you can have, you can sit in a church like this, you can have the nicest suit on, the nicest dress, you can have the biggest Bible, and you can have the, the heart that is an absolute rebellion against God, and that's ungodly. So we see, first of all, we've got to be reminded of who the ungodly is. It's that which is not of God. It, what is godly? It's, just, it's, it's the standard God has set. We see some facts concerning the ungodly. We see, first of all, verse number four, the ungodly are not so. Uh, what are they not so? You have to go back to verse number three. The blessed man, what is he? He's a tree planted by the rivers of water. Uh, he's, he's bring, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'm not going to reteach that whole Bible study tonight, but we get an idea of what the blessed man is. But the ungodly are not so. They're not like the blessed man. What that means is they're not stable. Uh, if, you're planted by, if you're planted by the rivers of water, if you have been planted, you're stable. 
Uh, and ungod- the, the ungodly are not stable. The verse that comes to my mind right away is the, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's how you can tell, and I don't want to pick on the single adults tonight, but I'm going to anyway. That's how you can tell when a single adult is, is, is having difficulty because when they're unstable in all their ways, they have a double mind. Uh, we, we have stability in the Word of God. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to flounder here and there. Well, if you just follow the word of God and say, whatever God says I should do, I'm going to do, you know, there's no drama in that. (laughs) There's no, what am I going to do on Sunday? Uh, There's no, there's no drama. There's no decision. There's no going back and forth. Why? Because we get our delight in the law of the Lord. We get our joy in serving God. We get our joy in obeying the things of God. Because I want His favor. I want to please Him. And so I, the only way I, the way I can please Him is by, by obeying the Word of God. That's why this philosophy that I've taught on so much is, is well, I just, I'll just serve, serve God my way. And I'm just trying to please. You know, the only way you can please, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's more complicated to live than it is to know what we're supposed to do. And so uh, we find that they are not stable. If you want stability in your marriage, then when husband and wife decide, I want to be blessed, that's where stability is going to come. You'll be planning. But the ungodly, there's no stability. There's a, the ungodly as a Christian, there's no stability. Uh, not only are they, they not stable, they're not fruitful. They're not fruitful. Um. You know, the only thing that's going to matter is the fruit you produce spiritually. You know, in heaven, nobody cares how much money you made down here. Nobody cares. Now, if God has given you the ability to make money, you have an opportunity to get spiritual fruit by what you do with it. But God does not put the standard in the Bible by how much money you have. It's by having spiritual fruit. There's a lot of people, we're going to bump into people in heaven, we're going to be shocked at how spiritually wealthy they are because there's going to be a whole lot of fruit. And here on earth, they had nothing to show for it. Uh, they're, they're not fruitful. They, they, don't, they don't have anything to show in their life. And, I, and I'm not saying that God does not give. Not, I don't believe you have to live. The, I believe God wants us to enjoy life. I believe God gives us uh, blessings that he wants us to enjoy as well. I believe that with my whole heart. Um, but there's a fruitfulness that, that the ungodly do not have. Prosperity. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's the blessed man. But we're talking about the ungodly. The ungodly are not so. Some would take offense that what I'm saying as a preacher is you don't have stability. If you're ungodly, if, you're, if you live opposite the things of God, you're not going to have stability. You're not going to have fruitfulness. You're not going to have prosperity. And some with a rebellious heart would say, who do you think you are? You don't know me. You don't know what's going on in my life. And that's exactly how they say it too. <laughs> or they're doing it like this behind a keyboard. You don't know what's going on. I don't have to. It's not going the ungodly are not so. That's, that, that sometimes, as, as your pastor, the Lord will impress you upon my heart. And I'll pray for you. Sometimes I pray for things you ask me to pray for. I don't mean sometimes when you ask, I mean sometimes you ask me and then I pray for it. Not that I pick and choose. Eh, no, that, that don't seem important to me. 
you know. <laughs> Sorry, full schedule, can't do it, you know. Uh, that's not what I meant by that. Uh, sometimes uh, the Lord pressed upon my heart and I don't know what it is, and I'll pray for it. But then there are some times that as I am around you, and the days go by, and the weeks go by, and the months go by, I can tell that some are having spiritual struggles. And sometimes it's as simple as knowing the Scripture well enough to know that the ungodly are not so. There's some things that are not, where's the blessings? There's some stability that needs to be there. There's some uh, fruitfulness. But the ungodly are not, they don't have the benefits. Uh, Teenagers behind me, young young adults, young couples, all of us, uh, pay close attention to this. The ungodly do not have the promises of God's favor. Do not, do not, do not. There's a, there, there's a lot of Christians that in the past, in the years, have made the mistake of choosing, choosing, choosing uh, career advancement, choosing I can make more money if I start missing more church, all of those things. Uh, that is all temporal, and that job can dry up just like that. But the favor of God can keep you healthy when you don't have health insurance. The favor of God can keep that car that you've already lost track of how many miles is on it because it's turned over so many times. And too many of you just identified with that right there. What is it? That's the favor of God. That's not a promise for the ungodly. So the ungodly are not so. But what, what are they? But are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Now, God is careful to tell us what the ungodly are not. They're not like the blessed. But then God says, let me tell you what they are like. They're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. What is the chaff? Uh, in, especially in, in this day when the, uh, the harvest uh, took place, the, uh, the wheat and the chaff was harvested together, and usually there was a big threshing floor, and uh, there was a big uh, rake or a shovel, and uh, you would they'd throw it up in the air, and the wheat would remain, and the chaff would be blown away by the wind. Now, we know theologically there's a reference in, in the Word of God of how the unsaved, the chaff, are going to be separated. Uh, and that is certainly true. And I believe that, could, that applies as well here, but in the context of the ungodly, I think there's also some things for uh, those that are born again that they can learn if they live an ungodly life. Certainly the unsaved are considered the ungodly. Because we were lost and undone, ungodly. There's nothing good about the sinful man. The only thing good about you and I is that we had a God that loved us enough to send His Son. We heard We heard of our need of a Savior. We were convicted of our sin. And we said, I choose to accept Christ's payment for my sin. We put our faith and belief in Him. We were saved. We're sanctified. Uh, The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what's good about you and I. It's our salvation. But See that chaff which the wind driveth away. The longer you live... The longer we all live, the more time that goes by, you can see the evidence of this scripture verse. How the chaff and the wheat 
are separated. And how the uh, promise of the blessed man and how uh, sometimes, and, and young people, please listen to me from the teenagers to the uh, single adults, especially tonight, because uh, certainly you've got some decisions. Everybody's got decisions, but you've got some critical decisions in, on the horizon in the next several years. Uh, sometimes those that say, uh, that in verse number one, they say, I'm going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. I'm going to walk in the, stand in the way of sinners. I'm going to sit in the seat, seat of the scornful. Sometimes they get a little bit of a head, it seems. And oh, look, they got this, this fat, they got some quick cash with this job, and, and I know what they said they were going to do with their life, and I know what they said they felt God, but they, you know, they're living for themselves, and they get ahead, and they seem to have no schedule, and they seem to be whatever, and, and you know, you're locked in, serving God, prayer with your life, and it seems like they're getting ahead. But the more time goes by, that wind blows. And the chaff is separated. The chaff which the wind driveth away. I wish I had time. I could go around the room. Many who've been, you've been saved for a long time. You've been members of this church a long time. You could stand and give testimony of how good God has been to you the longer you have been faithful. And now you are reaping. You've always been blessed because God's always been there with you. God's always, but you, the longer you, you have been faithful, the more God has blessed. And over time, the, 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 the chaff is blown away. Why? Because those that live in the favor of God, stay in the, they, 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 they benefit in the favor of God. And the ungodly, God says, they're like the chaff which the wind bloweth away. What is the chaff? Um, the chaff is dry. And worthless, just driven about by the wind. Think about that. Uh, this psalm is a very good psalm for young people. I know I keep referring back to young people. Um, but don't ever forget that once the, the, the Satan in the world is going to target in you what it is not. It'll target your innocence. It'll target your purity. It'll target your decency. And then once they, the world gets it, you're not special. You're just like everybody else. You're like the chaff now, which the wind can just, you're dry and you're dusty. Now, you never lose your value as a child of God. But as far as your life is concerned, as far as you living the way of the ungodly, the chaff is dry and worthless. Um, it's dust on the floor. I th think, th think about that. I'm going to ask you a very hard question. Hard. Are you ready? I know it's 718 on a Wednesday night in the month of May, and it's hot, and you're tired. But I'm going to ask you a hard question. Are you ready? You're not ready. Are you ready? Thank you, AJ. How many lives do you have? You've got one. We have one life to live for God. One, I want to live my life to please Him. Think about that. The God who created everything. How, when's the last time you've been outside and you look up in that sky and you've seen on those clear nights when you've seen just the, the stars? Do you realize God put every one of those there 
He said, you go there, you go there. He didn't call them you because they're all named. You go, I can live my one life to please Him. I can live my one life for that God to bless me. You mean I can live in such a way where every day I can be in His favor? didn't mean I'd never cross in a valley. It just means in the valley I can find water exactly where I need it because I'm in His favor. Because the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that it's, life is just going to bring us some things. But if I live in His favor, I mean, that God, I can live. But the ungodly are not so. The ungodly are like the chaff, like dust on the floor. How common is dust? Some of you are like, come to my house. <laughs> you, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't explain how common dust is. It's so common. How sad for a child of God to be compared to that which is the equivalent of dust. There's no value. There's no value in chaff. There's value in the weed, isn't there? Nobody's walking around saying, I need to go buy me some chaff. You got any chaff on sale? It's a bother. It's, it's a step that you have to go through to get to the wheat. It's common. It has no value. Nobody values it. How sad for us to live our life and from the Creator's perspective... You had the opportunity to be blessed. You had the opportunity to live in favor. But now you're living in such a way with the ungodly. This is the ungodly. From, the, the, from God, the standard of holiness. You're just like the chaff. That's the value. That ought, that, ought, that ought to compel us to serve our God in a greater way, be more dedicated to Him. But it also ought to remind us tonight how big our God is. Now He's worthy of us are serving Him. He's worthy. It's a sad thing for a Christian to live a life where they did, not, they did not take advantage. Now, let me just remind you again how good God is. If you're saved, we get to spend all of eternity with Him. Eternal life is for every child of God. Eternal life is for, for anyone who will put their faith and trust in Him. But I get to live my life in His favor if I so choose. I get to have some benefits of living my life in His favor. Um, there's no value. There's no use. No use in the chaff. Some facts concerning the chaff of the ungodly. God's, God, God's told us what the blessed man is, the, the man who lives in favor. The ungodly, they're not like the blessed man. And if we get nothing else, we may need to make sure we get that. That if, you're not, if you decide not to live as the blessed man, then the flip other side of that coin is the ungodly. And then God tells us what the ungodly is not. Then the ungodly, he tells us what the ungodly is. And now verse number 5. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Um, we, look, we see the ungodly's unworthiness in verse number 5. Um, shall not stand in the judgment. We'd all be reminded how unworthy we'll be to stand in the presence of God. Uh, you read the, the Word of God and see how many times it refer, references man's pride. Pride is the downfall. 
um, those who live the most separated life can still fall flat on their face. And how is it? It's because of their pride. It's pride in their separation. It's pride in their work. The other side of that is I'm so proud that I don't need God. I don't need the things of God. I don't need a pastor. I don't need parents. I don't need, a son. I don't, I don't need anybody. Pride is something we ought to be on guard on all the time. And so many times we live as if I don't, I preached on a Sunday morning. We live as if God has never made a promise, as if God has never made a command. And I have so much pride in my heart that I don't have, why would I just live my life and my days just to please Him? I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to avoid that counsel. I like those sinners. Okay, God says avoid them and you'll be in my favor. That's motivation enough, but if we get past that, okay, you don't want to be blessed? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about the ungodly. They shall not stand in the judgment. I don't have time to get into a lot of that, but let me just make a couple of points and we'll get to the last verse tonight. We're unworthy in, when we stand before God. All of us are going to stand before God. The unsaved are going to face the righteous judge. He's not going to be some painting that some man uh, tried to paint this uh, artist rendering of what they call Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not who they're going to face. They're not even going to face the, 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 the crucifix with this, the, this figure on a cross. They are going to face the righteous judge, the Holy One. There'll be no pride. They'll not stand in that day. But how arrogant of the creation, but how even more so arrogant for a child of God to take the life that God has given them and have the opportunity to live in His favor, but say, you know what, I'm going to choose not to live in your favor. I'm going to live the way I want to live. So God says, let me tell you about the ungodly. Let me remind you how unworthy you are to stand in my presence and in my judgment. There's a lot of applications I can make in that judgment. I could talk about the judgment as I just mentioned. I can talk about Christians who'll stand uh, at that time to get rewarded for our works and have nothing to show for the life that we've lived. Uh, we can talk, but I want to talk. To, uh, let me make an application very quickly. Uh, the judgment of a life. When you live a life and you've lived it contrary to how we could have been blessed. Um. We're going to give an account of this life that God has given us. What have you done for God? What have you done for Him? And uh, many would testify today that the longer that they've served God and the older they've got, and, and let me just be quite blunt and frank, the closer we get to spending an eternity, to getting our eternity started with Him, the more we realize how, how grateful we are that we decided to, to live our life. To please Him. Uh, in that not being able to unworthy when standing before the Lord. Here's a statement. I'll read it just, just so we can get through it. Sadly and ironically, those that will testify against the ungodly when they stand before God are those they walk with. In verse 1, we refer to the counsel of the ungodly. Those they stood with, the sinners. And those they sat with, the scorners, they'll but not be able to run from these choices. Uh, we, we say, what point are you make it? The point I'm making is this: you're not even going to have to give an, you, you don't even have to give an account because you know who's going to be testifying against your life. 
the ungodly who gave you counsel. Because your life is going to bear out the fruit of that counsel. Let's say it like this. Nobody's going to wonder what happened to you. Because it's going to be evident. Uh, What witness will be called? the, The witness of the sinners. Those that said, I'm just going to stand, as verse 1 tells, just stand in the way of sinners. Because the fruit is going to bear out of that decision. And the seat of the scornful. See, we can make excuses for uh, unprincipled decisions. We can make excuses for unscriptural uh, relationships and choices and direction. But consider the end thereof. Either the end of you come to a, a life that you lived... And spiritually speaking, it's as the chaff. It didn't have much value. It's common. There's a lot of Christians who've lived their life, nothing to show spiritually speaking. It's common. Uh, It's going to bear out. And when we stand before God, all the excuses we'll give our pastor and all the excuses we'll give our parents and all the excuses that we give other people that God's brought into our life, there's not going to be anything that needs to be said because there's going to be the ungodly that says, I gave the counsel and he took it. Those sinners that love their sin, embrace their lifestyle. Yeah, he just hung around for a little while and eventually, eventually we got him. Eventually we got her. The fruit is going to bear it out. They're not going to have to call mom and dad and say, what did you teach them and, and what decisions did they make? Oh, no, 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 no. They're the seat of the scornful that you decided to pull up a chair and sit in. The scorner will be able to testify and say, oh, he borrowed my seat to scorn the very thing that he had benefit from. See, the excuses we make and, and, the, and the choices we make, we're not going to be able to get away from them. The, the, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, let me just, just say this, and I probably should have split this up, but I, I made a promise to you. We see the ungodly's unworthiness. It says, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. There'll be no haughtiness when we stand before God. There won't be any pride. There won't be any, hey, this is what I decided to do. I could have had your blessings, God, but I wanted the favor of this world more. I wanted the favor of, this, of, the, of, the, of the sinner. I wanted the, the counsel of the... Well, I finally got my mind enlightened. By, by I've been sheltered my whole life. Listen to the counsel of the ungodly. There's an end thereof. And it'll be testifying against you in your own life. Or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. We know that... The saved and the unsaved are going to be separated. There'll be a great goal fixed. Two different eternities. 
But a practical application of this verse, those that say, uh, I just don't want the favor of God. Now, we wouldn't say it like that. I've been in the ministry long enough to know that's not, that's not how it's said. I just have to choose my own way. That's one way it's said. I've just got to figure this out on myself. That's, that's, an, that's another way it's said. But see, I could live. I have to avoid some things, some people, some, some directions to have the blessings of God. But if I reject that, we find there are sinners in the congregation of the righteous. There are some places they'll never fit in. Please. Teenagers behind me, young people, young adults, young, everybody, but especially the younger crowd. One of the lies of the devil, one of the enticements of hell itself is come fit in. Fit in. And let's be honest, Christians, we don't like to stand out. We don't like to be the object of scorn. We don't like to be different. Now, some of you like being different a whole lot, but it's a different different than what I'm talking about. You're comfortable in that being different. But you know what I'm talking about. Don't miss this. It's an enticement. You, you, first time, our young people, they, they graduate from high school or they begin to get out of the house and they, and they get a little more freedom and responsibility to get out on their own and now they're, they're working a, a secular job and they, they, they're interacting out in this world and it is obvious from day one they are different. And then the lie of the devil enticement of this world, come be like everybody else. Here's the speech, here's the lifestyle, here's the happiness, here's the schedule, here's the goals, here's the direction. Oh, you don't want to be like that narrow-minded home you came from, that narrow-minded preacher. There's still preachers like that. There's still churches like that. Uh, to be like everybody else. And when you choose to be like everybody else, I don't want you to forget verse number 5. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Here's my point. There's always going to be one place you don't fit. For the Christian who lives a life that says, I want to be blessed by God, you will not fit in this world. If I'm going to live in favor and that's my goal, that's my focus, I have to ignore the counsel of this world. I cannot loiter with those that say, yeah, we know it's wrong, we know it's against God, but we like it and we're going to flaunt it and we're going to keep it. I, got to, I, got, I cannot hang around with that. I certainly cannot sit in the seat of the scornful and mock what is right and make fun of what is right because God says there's no blessings that's coming from that. If you want to be blessed... First of all, you got to stay away from that. Just avoid that. And then all the benefits that will come from that. But if I say, I, I just, if I'm going to please God, if I'm going to be blessed, then I'm not going to fit in with this world because the counsel of the ungodly is the world's counsel. Standing in the way of sinners... That's this world that says, yeah, we, 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 we think we, we murder our unborn children and we, and we like it. 
Yeah, we, we think a relationship could be between a man and a man, a woman and a woman, and we don't care what God says. And I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. There's just two obvious ones. Another lie, that's the, the counsel of this world, they, oh, you can do any way to get to heaven and any God and any church and any, you, we can just sit here all night and talk about that. But if I'm going to please God, if I'm, my delight is going to be in the law of the Lord, so every day I have His favor, I have His favor, I'm never going to fit in this world. And Christian, it's time for you to start embracing that. Because, because if you believe the lie of the devil, you say, I want to fit in with this world. Remember what your preacher told you. According to this verse, if I understand it correctly, and I'm pretty certain I do, we're a reminder there's always going to be one place we never fit. So many who have grown up in a Christian home, saved at an early age, went to a Christian school, went to Sunday school activities, sat in church services, went in revivals, surrendered their lives. For them to walk into a church of believers today, I just don't fit. I, I just don't fit. How sad for a child of God to not fit with the people of God. Now, a whole other message, and, and I don't think I have to interject this. We, we, it's not that we don't want them back. We do. It's not that anybody's not welcome. They just don't fit. And Christian, it's much more important for you to fit on Sunday in the congregation of the righteous than it is for you to fit on Friday night. Hey, the blessed, oh, oh, the favor of God. Oh, pastor, how'd you know what I needed? That message was exactly what I needed. How did you know? I didn't. But God knew. And while you were shedding tears, and while that burden was so heavy, and while you tossed and turned in your bed because you didn't know what was going to happen, God, as only God can do, impresses or in the midst of an outline that has nothing to do with your need, I randomly make a statement. That's the favor of God. To say you got something to hold on to for another week. That's the favor of God. Don't forget, there's always one place you're not going to fit. And how sad... For a child of God to not be comfort, not fit with God's people. I've got to finish verse number six. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We find in verse number six the future awaiting the ungodly. The Bible says, The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. This chapter concludes, we see the comparison in this chapter of the blessed man, the ungodly, but the chapter concludes with another comparison. The way of the right, 
righteous in the way of the ungodly. It says the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Other scripture that comes to mind in one of my favorite verses is how he orders the steps. I don't know what to do. You don't know. You'll have to. He orders them. He orders them. One, we get in the word of God, the law of the Lord, and he tells us what our steps are. I don't know what to do. Get in the word of God. He'll order your steps. He orders our steps. It's his leadership. That's the way of the righteous. You know, that's, we would say, I want to live in the favor of God. That's part of the benefit of the favor of God. When you don't know what to do, he says, I got it. I'm going to, I'm going to order your steps. Uh, he makes a way when it seems like there is no way. Uh, especially in a crowd this size. If I had you raise your hand, how many of you thought that you were up against a brick wall? Or better yet, your toes were hanging over the cliff. And there is no way. But God makes a way. That's His favor. He guides us. He directs us. Hey, you didn't get where you are tonight because you're as smart as you think you are. You have a God who guides you. He blesses you. The, the way of the righteous is a way of blessing. Christian, Christian, Christian. Live a life of, of, of under the favor of God. It's a life of blessing. It, this is... This is a little thing, but I'll use it. I'll use it as, it as illustration. I cannot tell you how many times in the last thirty days I have stopped and filled my car up with gas and gone in to get me a drink, get me a cup of coffee, get, and I have not paid for it. That's because I put it in my coat and slide out the window. No, no, and I, I have not paid for it. Say, well, have some, either somebody has paid for it or, or the person at the, at the register says, that's all, go ahead. Now, you may think it's because of my good looks. That was my first suspicion. But there's too many, I can look back on my 45 years and there's too many coincidences. And if you start to add them up, the only explanation I'm just thinking, I'm just going to call it the favor of God. Uh, it's the way of the righteous. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He knows His own. He knows them. He knows the way. He, he's the author of your will. He's the one who wrote the map for your life. And if you've, well, I didn't know I was going to end up here. If you follow this, you're going to end up exactly where He wants you to end up. But the flip side of that, the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now tonight we have to decide a couple of things. We have to decide whether or not we believe the Bible. Because the Bible says the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, ultimately, those without Christ, we know they're going to perish for all eternity. But you cannot find on the pages of this book where it ends well for the Christian who decides instead of being a blessed man, 
I'm going to live the life of the ungodly. Now, we wouldn't call it that. We would just call it a different way today. But it's, God defines the life of the ungodly. You won't find the way of the godly leading to success. It leads to destruction. Where's the counsel of the ungodly going to go? To destruction. Where's the way of the sinners going to lead? Destruction. Where's the seed of the scornful going to end up? Read the book of Proverbs. The, the seed of the scornful, it's destruction. We have to decide whether or not we believe the Bible. So based on all of our actions with what we've been taught out of Psalms chapter number 1, we all have a decision. Are we going to be the blessed or are we going to leave, live as the ungodly? The way of the, he knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The favor shown to the blessed man, the righteous, is withheld from the way of the ungodly. Now, our God's a good God. And He gives opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. We've learned from the book of Deuteronomy in Sunday school that even though in their rebellion, He sent them to the wilderness, He never left them while they were in the wilderness. And they still had miracles to talk about in the wilderness because He's that good of a God. But there's a difference in the blessings of God. There's a difference in following His plan than following the way of the ungodly. I close with this. If you're on the right path, stay on it. Young people, if you have been taught the right way, stay with it. Don't ever forget, you'll fit in one place. You're not going to fit in the world and with the congregation of the righteous. You're going to fit in one or the other. One or the other. Um, the end, stay on it. If you're not on it, get on it. Get on it. Uh, well, you can head in the wrong direction and then turn around, get on the right path, decide to have the favor of God. I, I am grateful that God has given me life. I am grateful that through the Lord Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. But I am grateful that thus far, He's left me here to live my days to please Him. And I've had 45, uh, if He gives me 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, I'll be almost as old as some of you, then give me 95, 105, uh, however many days He gives me. I, I, why, why would we live one outside His favor? I often, and I know I'm over time, but I don't feel bad about it. Um, uh, I, say, I say this in council sometimes, and when I, I sense, it's, I either need to feel like I need to give a warning or a plea, if you will. Um, something like, sometimes like this, who's going to pray for you? when that word cancer is used. Uh, you, you, who, the, the, your buddy's at the bar? What, what are you going to say? You, you, we got great young people, and, 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 but they're going to be faced with decisions as they, as they get older, get out, our young adults, same thing. What are you going to say when you come to your 
mom's, dad's funeral, who served God all of their days. And you said, I don't want the favor of God. What are you going to say when you stand at their casket? Sobering. But how many lives do we have? We just have one. Well, none of us are going to live it perfectly. And all of us, if we live long enough, are going to look back and say, I wish I could do over there. But we can still live in the favor of God just by doing what He said to do. And if we let go the way of the righteous, let me help, the way of the ungodly, let me help you. It's not because your preacher took too strong of a stand. It's not because your parents were not understanding. It's not because of whatever. It's because you rebelled against the goodness of your God. And he said, I created you, I've given you life. And you fell, you sinned, it's in your nature. But I sent my son to pay your debt. He paid every one of your sins. Past, present, and future, every one of them he paid. Every one of them. I did that for you so that you wouldn't have to have the same fate as Satan. You wouldn't have to burn forever paying for your sins. You'll be with me. You'll have, you'll, you're, you'll have a, a body like mine. You won't, you, you'll have, it's, it's beyond what you can even imagine. I did that for you. There's nothing greater to God than having His children with Him. But he's left us all here for a reason and a purpose. We can simplify it by just saying to serve him, honor him, point people to Christ. He says, while you're still in that flesh, while you're still living that journey, you can live every day. Now, this is a sin-sick world. Humanity has fallen so you're going to have uh, sickness. You're going to have, uh, it's a spiritual warfare. So you're going to take shots from the other side. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to have failures. You're going to have betrayals. You're going to have uh, failing of bodies. I'm going to allow some of you to go through furnace of suffering and different things. And, but you can live every day of your life in my favor. What a God. How? How could a child of His say, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. It's a lot of pride to take what a God that good is offering and say, no, I don't want your counsel. I'll take the world's counsel. I don't want your way. I'll take the way of the sinners. I don't want your seat. I'll take the seat of the scornful. But God flips it over and says, okay, let me tell you about the ungodly. Friend, let's just live in the favor.